Don Marcos, and you are listening to Looking Up with Don. This is the Looking Up with Don podcast, episode number 96 for the week of November 3rd, 2021. The related website for this podcast is donmacholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com. Two H's. What's up in the sky this week? As our week begins on Wednesday, November 3rd, the moon is a thin crescent only 2% full in the morning sky. By next Tuesday, November 9th, the moon will be 35% full in the evening sky. New moon occurs on Thursday, November 4th at 2114 Universal Time. For those wanting to see a thin crescent moon this month, the northern hemisphere is favored for the old moon. That's just prior to new moon on Thursday. Those living in the Southern Hemisphere are best placed to see the thin crescent moon in the evening sky after this Thursday. The moon passes by the planet Mercury on November 3rd at about 2000 hours universal time. At that time, both are about 15 degrees from the sun in the morning sky. So this is a very thin crescent moon, and this event might best be seen in the daytime. That occurs on Wednesday, November 3rd at 2000 hours universal time. On Tuesday, November 7th, the moon passes just north of the planet Venus in the evening sky. From Eastern Asia, that is Japan, Korea, and Eastern China, the moon will occult Venus, that is, pass in front of it. For them, this will be on November 8th. The Western Hemisphere will see the closest approach on the evening of November 7th. Venus is that bright object in your evening sky. It's in the southern sky, so from the northern hemisphere, it's not very high. But from the southern hemisphere, it stands high and is visible for a few hours after sunset. It is headed towards inferior conjunction in a few months, when it will be between us and the sun during the second week of January. Actually, it passes north of the sun, not in front of the sun. So between now and then, two things will happen to Venus. One, it will increase in size as it gets closer to us, and it will become more and more of a crescent. Get out and look at Venus with a telescope every few nights and watch it change. The planet Uranus is coming to opposition on Friday, November 5th. That means we are between it and the sun, and it is as close to us as it will get and as bright as it will get this year. It's also up all night long, rising at sunset and setting at sunrise. Over the next six months, it will be in our evening sky at had been in the morning sky until now. 
Uranus is the seventh major planet from the sun. It is 20 times farther from the sun than we are. It takes 84 years to go around the sun one time. Presently, it is magnitude 5.65, which technically makes it visible to the unaided eye under dark sky conditions. It is plotted on Podcast 96, Map 3, which you can get from my website. Sometime in the next few weeks, get your best telescope on this thing and crank up the magnification. This green planet is four arc seconds in size. It will appear about ten times smaller than the disk of Jupiter. But that does not mean it will be featureless. Take a good long look at it. While looking in this area, if your sky is dark, see if you can see the Gegenschein. It is related to the zodiacal light, that cone of light in the west after sunset and in the east before sunrise that straddles the ecliptic. Well, those tiny particles way out there, reflecting sunlight back to us, continues around the sky to the place opposite the sun. There, sunlight shines directly on those particles and they reflect a small amount of light back towards us. The result is a dim glow, elliptical, about 15 degrees by about 5 degrees. Gegenschein is a German word for countershine. I have tried to observe it recently from my observing site here at my house on Stargazer Ranch and I have been able to see it. The tendency is to look directly at it, but instead try averted vision concentrating on the area, but looking off a bit to one side. Be patient. It takes a while. Spend 10 or 15 minutes looking for it. Hopefully you'll be able to see it. Presently this week, the Gegenschein is near the planet Uranus, and since the Gegenschein is opposite the sun, it moves about a degree eastward each day. It is in a part of the sky that is not overlaid with the Milky Way, so the sky here is otherwise dark. So now is a good time to see the Gegenschein. Last weekend, Europe changed their clocks back one hour. This weekend, it occurs in the United States on Sunday morning, November 7th. Sunday is the longest day of the year, lasting 25 hours. We change from daylight savings time to standard time. Now, how does this affect your astronomy sessions? Look, the clock on your wall changes, not the sky clock. So, if it's getting dark at 7 p.m. this week, next week it will get dark at 6 p.m., your evening observing sessions can start earlier. And in the Northern Hemisphere, over the next six weeks, the evening start time will creep earlier and earlier each week, depending upon your latitude. In the morning, if this week your observations end at 5.30 a.m., next week it will end at 4.30. And in the weeks following, that time will creep later and later. 
And don't forget that the number of hours between you and universal time increases by one hour as you move to standard time. Will you be able to see the International Space Station this week, which for our purposes begins Wednesday, November 3rd through Tuesday, November 9th? It depends upon where you are located. The ISS is visible as a bright, slow-moving star and is typically visible for several minutes as it traces across the sky. There are now many satellites traveling across the sky, but the ISS is the brightest. This week we have five zones. All you need to know is your latitude. North of 63 degrees north and south of 45 degrees south, you will not see it at all. A third area from where it will not be visible is from the equator to 24 degrees north. That leaves two more zones. Between 24 and 63 degrees north, the ISS will be in your morning sky for at least part of the week. In Russia and Canada, the northern part of this band, the ISS will be visible for only the first part of the week. The southern portion of this band, such as Japan, Florida, and Arizona, the ISS will be visible only at the end of the week in the morning sky. In the midsection of this band, between about 38 and 54 degrees north, the ISS will be in your morning sky all week long, sometimes twice per night. Finally, between the equator and 44 degrees south, the ISS will be in your evening sky for at least part of the week. To determine where it will be in your sky, go to the website heavens-above.com and enter your location, then click on ISS. The comets visible this week are plotted on Podcast 96, Maps 1 and 2. For more real-time positions and maps, go to heavens-above.com and click on Comets. Then get out and see these comets. From now until the end of the year, I'll be discussing in more detail the progress of Comet 2021-A1 Leonard. This comet, discovered early this year, will be visible in binoculars by the end of November and to the unaided eye by the second week of December. It is presently magnitude 10.5 in the morning northern sky, and it sports a short dust tail. As for the discussion as to whether or not it will survive perihelium, we still don't know, but it is holding up well to this point, and it seems to be developing normally. I will be giving a Zoom talk on visual comet hunting in a few weeks on Friday, November 19th, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, to the Sacramento Valley Astronomical Society in California. A limited number of spaces are available if you'd like to listen in live on Zoom. A few days after my talk, it will be posted on the Sacramento Valley Astronomical Society, 
that is S-V-A-S, YouTube channel, if you miss the live talk. The talk is about visual comet hunting. I discuss what is a comet, comet orbits, how comets are named, and how we search for them visually. Then I cover a history of comet hunting, in which I highlight everyone in the past 260 years who has visually discovered seven or more comets. The final 60% of the talk is about my comet hunting program, how and why it started in 1975, and the comets that I have discovered. The talk is long because a good story takes time to tell. It will last about 90 minutes. I have been working on this talk nearly every day for the past few weeks, putting stuff in, taking stuff out, rearranging things. If you would like to receive a link to the live talk, contact me at this email address, dontheastronomer at gmail.com. When I receive the link from the SVAS, I'll forward it to you. Again, a limited number of spaces are available. Or you could join the SVAS between now and then and as a, as a member receive a link to the talk. To recap the podcast, what's up this coming week? The moon passes by both Mercury and Venus as the moon goes through the new phase. See the planet Uranus and the Gegenschein this week. And if you're living in such an area, set your clocks back an hour. You have been listening to Looking Up with Don, podcast episode number 96 for November 3rd, 2021. I'm Don Mockles. Once again, the related website for this podcast is donmockles.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com. Two H's. You can contact me at dontheastronomer at gmail.com. Once again, that is dontheastronomer at gmail.com. God willing and pod willing, I'll be back next week for another episode of Looking Up with Don. We will discuss what's up in the sky and look ahead to the November 19th lunar eclipse. Thank you for listening. See the sky this week. I'll see you next week.